Ladies and gentlemen, it's Lawrence Jackson Jr., also known as the Fantasy Football Lord. You're now tuned in to the Lord Don't Lose Podcast. What it do? It's your guy again. Got a little, got a little alright show for y'all today. You know, uh, I hope everybody out there is staying safe, doing what they' supposed to do, man. Not acting out here, acting like an ass and stuff like that, man. I know you can't go nowhere. I know sports ain't on TV, but we gonna last. We gonna get through this thing, man. Cause at the end of the day, man, we just gonna all come together, and it's gonna be what it be. We gonna enjoy life again soon. We gonna enjoy these here sports. Um, for now, what I got for y'all today's show, uh, the I will get into the Joe Burrow and Tua debate, as mostly every person in America is doing. I'll get into that. I'll bring on a guest, very talented writer from the very popular fantasy footballers, Lauren Carpenter. She'll come on. And then I'll have uh, former Florida State defensive back, former Pittsburgh Steeler, and two-time Super Bowl champion, now CBS football analyst Brian McFadden. He'll come on and we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the defensive backs that he likes in this upcoming draft for 2020. I will also talk about why Cam and Jameis Winston are not signed as of today. And I'll talk about why no one should be worried about that. They will be fine. So, with that said, we're going to get into it. Hope y'all enjoy it. Hope this brings y'all some type of normalcy in y'all ears, in y'all home, wherever y'all listening to this thing, man. Let's get it. Alright, NFL Draft is next week, and it's finally here. We'll all get to rejoice. We'll all get to have something fun to do in sports, specifically football. The talk of the town has always been about Joey Burrow, and it's great. It should be. He's a pretty damn good quarterback. It's also been about another uh, great quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, and his hip injury and, well, his other injuries as well. Uh, There's still chatter about which one is the better guy, and I'm here to tell you not which one I feel is the best, but let's just be real. Tua Tagovailoa is a better quarterback than Joey Burrow. Listen, let me be the first to acknowledge that Joey Burrow had the best quarterbacking season in college football history, even when you put it up against Cam's uh, 50 touchdowns in Auburn in 2010, right? I'm allowed to enjoy what Burrow has done, but still feel like Tua is better. It that, 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 that Joe what it is. Like, now... I know the season was great. I just said that, right? However, ah oh man, it it was it was one season. It was one season, and it was a damn great season. But it was a season. Can are we are, are we just not gonna act like he ain't play and start at quarterback for LSU in 2018? We gonna act like that? Like you can't, bro. Like he played in 2000. In 18, but the season in favor, 2019, let's talk about it. 
We know the stats. 60 touchdowns, 6 INTs, over 5,600 passing yards. Listen, he threw the ball 35 times a game, right? Threw it 35 times a game. That's cool. Quarterback rating, 202. 202, which is a record in uh, Division I college football. Tua's was 206.9. Now, he didn't qualify for that because he only played nine games and only threw 252 attempts. But it was still 207, basically. So, Tua's got him in that department. QBR, they're basically the same. Burrow, 94.9. The Tua's 94.8. But in the raw QBR, the raw QBR. Joey Burrow was edged out by Tua. Joey Burrow came in second in that with 90.8, Tua 91 and a half. Now, I'm not going to talk about the receivers Burrow had because Tua got, he's got two receivers that's going to go in the first round right now. Right? So, I'm not going to do that. And, And LSU's Jamar Chase will be the top receiver coming out of the draft next season. So, We'll go to the offensive line. Football Outsiders ranked the LSU offensive line ninth ranked overall in the country. Alabama's 21st. Now, I'm just talking about 2019. I ain't even getting to 2018 yet, right? So, Tua Tagovailoa, 206.9 quarterback rating to Joey Burrows 202, which is the record because he qualified because he he uh, he threw enough passes. That's the season in favor of Burrow because we're only talking uh, 219, uh, 20, 2019. But then again, Tua threw for 33 touchdowns and three picks. Like, let's do simple math, folks. 33, little over a half of 60. Three interceptions, half of six to what Burrow threw. Like, if you want to say Burrow's better, that's cool. Like, I'm not going to debate with you. You just listen to what I say here. But don't make it seem like I I don't feel like he's an all-world talent. He did it for one year. And if you're going to bring up, but Cam Newton only did one year at Auburn, man. Listen, (laughs) Cam Newton is a physical specimen, bruh. 6'5", 260, run a 4'5", truck you, he'll juke you, he'll do all that. That's not Joey Burrow. What Joe Burrow does have is confidence, and he had that in 2018. He had that confidence that he has now in 2018. Now let's get to 2018, where his QBR was 78.4, 14th in the nation, to Tua's. 93.1, which was second in the country behind Kyler Murray. The raw QBR. Now, this is is 2018 now. Just 2018 is raw QBR 68.5, which was 31st in the nation. A couple of guys you might know was ahead of them. Jordan Love, Justin Herbert in 2018. Tua, 89.6 again. He was second in the nation in that. That's just 2018. Folks, you guys are... <laughs> we every time, every time the NFL draft gets here, we can't act like the top quarterback 
is the best thing since sliced bread. Like this guy done being compared to Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Joe Montana, hell, even LeBron James. Like, come on, bruh. LeBron James? I get it. It's Ohio. And again, let me say, let me say again, I love his story. I love his hustling, his grinding, how he just came out like that. But dude ain't no just like no physical specimen like that. He got okay arm talent. He accurate with the ball. He can move in the pocket. But Tua can't do none of that. Now let's combine 2018 and 2019, two years in which both quarterbacks started the full season. QBR, Burrow, 167.6 to Tua's, 203, bruh. 203 quarterback rating over his past two seasons. And if you want to throw it in, he threw 11 TDs and two picks as a freshman as a backup to Jalen Hurts. Raw QBR, the past two years, Joey Burrow, 81.7, Tua, 90.5. Joe Burrow's got the edge in yards, over 8,500 yards for 305 a game to Tua, 6,800 and over 283 a game. Now, touchdowns, both at 76. That's cool. INTs, Burrow, 11, Tua, 9. That's cool, too. I just want to know what he physically does better than Tua without you without you being scared about him getting hurt, which is what I'm going to get to next. <clears throat> Trevor Lawrence is going to come out in next year's draft, and people are going to say, oh, this is the best thing. But that time they're going to be telling the truth. It's going to be like real truth to that statement. This nah. He's going he gonna to play a long time in the lead, Joe Burrow is. And so is Tua. Stop being lazy with your analysis and think that because Tua was hurt in college, he will get hurt in the pros. Matthew Stafford did not miss a single game once he became starter at the University of Georgia. None. Came in, number one overall pick. First two seasons, he only starts 13 of 32 games. And you will be lying if you said that you didn't say he was injury prone after them first two years. Because you did. Only 13 games out of his first 32. But then he went on to start eight straight seasons and 136 straight games before he got hurt again in the 2019 season. So what happened with that? No injuries in college. But he got hurt a little bit in the pros. Best example of this is Andrew Luck. Three-year starter at Stanford. Best quarterback prospect since Peyton Manning. Missed one game in college at the end of his freshman season. And you know the story with that. Retired before 29 years old. Folks, two is going to go to a team. And they're going to get a steal. Y'all thought Drew Brees' career was over. Miami Dolphins damn show did. And they ain't found a quarterback since Dan Marino. How you like that? They thought Drew Brees was hurt. They didn't sign him. And they still haven't found a quarterback 
since Dan Marino. Maybe Miami won't make that same mistake this time and take that flyer on Tua. He's a steal. Well, <laughs> not a steal because y'all know the talent. But you're scared about the injuries he had in college. Get over it. All right, moment of silence. Let's see if this thing's going to work for us this time. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, I have on a talented young lady, writer from one of the most popular fantasy football engines in the world, fantasy footballers, Lauren Carpenter, a.k.a. Stepmom Lauren. How do you do? I am doing pretty good. How are you doing, my dear? Oh. <laughs> I feel like we're besties now. <laughs> right. It's No one will know that it's taking us four takes to finally get through this here, but we here now. Um, crazy times in the world. Um, you know, like I said, I'm, uh, I'm out here in Jersey, so it's one of the hot spots for the coronavirus so I'm just following the rules doing what I can doing my part to you know get through this uh how you living down your way we're doing good so we're in Florida here so we had um you know spring breakers and such not following the rules yeah I heard heard a lot about that Uh, yeah I want I want to come down there and slap some people for that actually (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you and me both. It's oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. But we're so the Orlando right now is kind of a hot spot. That's the closest to me. I'm outside of Orlando, so we're actually doing okay here. And you know, we're really lucky. My husband is an essential business worker, so he still has a job he gets to go to every day. There's not a lot of people around him, so he does his part social distancing. And good, good. I work from home. I've been working from home for the past six or seven years, so I'm used to it. Although. I see people doing awesome things from home and yeah. I feel jealous because I'm like, wait a minute, I work from home. Why aren't I doing really cool things? I mean, <laughs> right. I own my own business. I mean, I write, I own my own business. I write for fantasy football, but I'm like, I see these people creating things and doing home improvement projects. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, I have to redo every room in my house <laughs> and do all of those things at the same time. This must be done. I mean, so we, my husband's like, okay, stop. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I can't. We, we got nothing but time, right? Right, right. So uh, a a couple of days ago, I'm I'm on Twitter and I and I stumble upon an article, uh, from from the fantasy footballers. I look it up, I read it because I'm I'm into other people's stuff. I want to see I I, I want to see people's content, whether they're more known than me or they're less known than me. That doesn't matter to me because if you put together good stuff, I want to see it. And I read this article that you wrote. Uh, about David Johnson and his uh, possible production in uh, 2020 with the Houston Texans. So you have a different take on that. A a lot of people are down and out on David Johnson. You are not. So just talk about that a little bit. I know. Wasn't it so spicy? (laughs) It it was good. And I I like the fact that it's not like you just said David Johnson is gonna be a a, a a running back one because he went to Northern Iowa and so did I. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like that's what people be doing. You feel me? So talk a yeah, little bit about that yeah. and why you feel like David Johnson could at least have a, some type of resemblance of production that he had in 2016. 
You know, a lot of it has to do with a, a couple factors here. So whenever I write any kind of piece regarding a player um, or even a team, I really like to look at the environment. You look at that player's strength and weakness. You look at how well he fits in that team. Of course, I didn't even touch very much on the basis of this crazy trade between the Arizona Cardinals and the Houston Texans. I mean, right. that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. I was just looking because everyone's looking at the DeAndre Hopkins side. It's like, well, you know what? This is actually a really good fit for David Johnson. Whether or not this trade makes sense is not relevant for me in fantasy football, only to the extent of his possible usage to justify this trade, which I do bring up in the article a little bit. But David Johnson is incredibly talented. Um, His 2016 year, he was that breakout fantasy darling, you know, that we all remember. And it seems like, and obviously 2017, he was injured, so he didn't play. Right. Um, and 2018, we expected that 2016 year again. You know, we wanted him to be glitzy and sexy and shiny. And, you know, he, he went out there and he did his job and he still finished as an RB10. And yet I feel like people were disappointed. That, 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 that's you what I, I, I noticed that in the article, too, uh, that you brought up that point. And, 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 you, and to, to your point, I don't even feel like you have to even go back as far as 2016 because in 2018, mm-hmm. like you said, he was still an RB1. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, and that's why people – I feel like people forget that because it, they weren't they, – they wanted that 2016 numbers, right? But he was still – he was still productive. He still did well. Um, and But it, oh, everyone – 2019 came – so it was kind of like, okay, well, maybe we're seeing – the David Johnson that we thought we wanted to from 2016 and 2018. I got so many starts and sits on David Johnson. I'm like, why are you even asking me? Yes. Yeah, start David Johnson. It's <laughs> a good matchup. I'm sorry. Like if that makes me David Johnson truth, they're guilty as charged. Don't care. He's a very talented <laughs> running back. I don't care. So actually last year I wrote a piece on him about how he was going to be the a top five running back in 2019 because of his amazing you know, ball catching abilities combined with Cliff Kingsbury, who was like fifth best in the NCAA when it came to pass catching running backs, blah, blah, blah. I they just pulled that number out of my butt. I could totally be wrong, but I think it was close to that. So it was yeah. supposed to be perfect. And it absolutely sucked. You know, he got hurt. He, for some reason, did not fit well in the scheme. And then they signed Kenyon Drake, a really brilliant pass catching running it, back who exploded in this offense. And, and so that's like, when you. What and happened? that's right, and that's when you could kind of see it going down the drain. Because why would they trade for this guy on right. his on, on his last year of his rookie deal? They clearly had plans to move forward with him. Now, what's interesting about David Johnson and why I personally don't think it's crazy uh, is, is that last year they had Carlos Hyde lead the Texans in carries uh, with two hundred and forty-five carries. He actually had a career high in rushing yep. yards. At age twenty nine, and he and he, and he averaged crazy, right? Crazy, exactly. Right? And he averaged a healthy four and a half yards a carry. You get David Johnson, who's now twenty eight, who's 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 clearly a better player. I don't think he, anyone's going to argue that. You now have him in this situation with no DeAndre Hopkins. So that, amongst some other factors, is why. I feel like your article wasn't just crazy. Now, Duke Johnson, I don't think he's going to go away. You could expect him right. to see his same amount of touches, but that doesn't matter. I agree. I, f- I 100% <laughs> agree with you. And it's um, one thing I didn't actually touch in on the article, too, that I do want to bring up that I will be adding to it is the addition of Brandon Cooks. So when I submitted my article for review in order to get, you know, the editor's take on it and, 
he had not been signed yet. So I'm actually going to be updating it uh, hopefully tomorrow. But yeah, I mean, one of the sections in this article is kind of um, less, more targets to be distributed among lesser talents. And that's not to, you know, diss on Duke Johnson, because I love Duke Johnson as well, but they both have very similar uh, playing styles, right? They're pass catching running backs. Um, And that, that I, do notice, I notice, I do mention in the article that that does worry me. It does worry me that he is there with a very similar yeah. skill set. But I think David Johnson is the better player. He really didn't play much last year. Did Kenyon Drake took care of that? His injury took care of it. 2017 took care of it. So right. I, I don't know. I feel like he's still fresh and I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. Uh, if if there David Johnson wasn't good last season, let's just be frank about that. However, and, and in fact, I mean – when it comes to running the ball, even Duke Johnson averaged a healthy almost five yards a carry. But mm-hmm. what part the part of David Johnson's game that didn't go away despite him having a limited role, he still caught thirty six passes and was good for over ten yards of reception. So that's still pretty good in that aspect of the game. So if you could bring that, you take Carlos's high Carlos Hyde's carries. And if you catch that same amount, because Carlos Hyde only caught 10 passes last year, he wasn't catching it at all. So there, it, it, it's not as crazy as folks might think it is, um, especially when you look into the uh, when you look into the contract part of it. it immediately when he get, got traded, people are like, oh, man, Houston took on that that contract. Well, it's really only a one year deal this year. It's twelve point three million in dead cap if they got rid of him, which clearly they're not going to do because they just mm-hmm. got him. Next year, that's only two point one million. So they could do whatever they want with him uh, next season, and if he has a good year, they'll keep him at a reduced base salary. Uh, it's it doesn't matter how well he does this year; he's not going to demand another contract. So it's really. Uh, like it's kind of it's kind of like the Ty Gurley deal. You you take a a formerly elite player and you see what you got. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I'm still clueless of why they traded DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, but it's not I have as no bad as people think. <laughs> I know it's crazy, you know? absolutely crazy. And uh, just what you brought up about you know this trade and how it's like, wow, okay, DeAndre Hopkins does not equal David Johnson. Maybe in 2016, it would have been less of a head scratcher, but it's not. We're, right. we're, we're going into 2020, so it's eh. But I also brought up, too, does that not indicate that Bill O'Brien is going to want to not look like more of an idiot than he already does right now? And he's going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, David Johnson, you have one leg and you're blind. I don't care. Run the ball. I have to justify this trade. Get out on the right. field. So that says to me, <laughs> volume, volume, volume. So I like that as a fantasy player. And if we look at the NFL draft that's coming up next week, the, the Texans don't have a pick in the first round. They have picks in the second, third, and fourth, and they have so many damn holes on the defense. They got they need players at every level of the defense. They still need offensive line help. Mm-hmm. So I don't see them drafting a running back uh, within their first three picks. And if they do, then I'm really going to think uh, – Bill O'Brien don't went cuckoo. I know. I agree. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Like, if he if he drafts a running back, I mean, he he needs to be like studied. <laughs> there's something. Uh, I mean, there's something if, wrong. If, if, he, <laughs> like, if he if if he gonna draft him in the seventh round, that's cool. Right. But but like the picks were like 
with or without like Jadavian Clowney, they needed another defense alignment. So they still do. Now, let me uh, <clears throat> ask you this question here. So you're speaking in favor of David Johnson in, in 2020. I'm going to name three running backs and you Ooh. tell me which one you would rather have. Okay, There's me, some guys. Give me a minute. Let me harness my chi. Okay, go on. <laughs> I, I I figured since you uh you got you got the vodka flowing now, so you <laughs> me and Tito's we're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now now one of them, the first one I I'll ask is Marlon Mack or David Johnson. Oh, okay. Because you it, still got Naeem Hines there. I know. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm going to look. Okay. Uh, I would take David Johnson in this setting because I think I can, A, I can get him better price in the draft, I believe. Definitely. For and sure. I don't like Marlon Mack's competition. And he kind of proved that last year for me. So I would rather take a shot on David Johnson and assume the risk of David Johnson while I use those earlier rounds to stack some studs on my lineup and take a shot at David Johnson than I would with Marlon Mack. Got you. Uh, Melvin Gordon or David Johnson? Ah! David Johnson. Again, the same thing with all the draft price, but I am sorry. Melvin Gordon in that offense with Philip Lindsay, that scares me. In fact, I'm also kind of shying away from Philip Lindsay as well. That it scares me. Because I love Philip Lindsay. He is one of the most explosive, fun running backs to watch in football. He has a great story. His hair is fabulous, by the way. But he's just an (laughs) amazing runner. And I just, I want him to succeed. And now Melvin Gordon comes into the fold. I guess bye-bye Royce Freeman. That whole backfield just... I, I don't want the headache of who's it. So. Still, who's still there, by exactly. the way. Exactly. There's today. three of them. There's three of them still. So I, I have no idea how that's going to work out. I think I would still assume the risk of David Johnson. And I'm not doing this just because um, I wrote this article about David Johnson. There are other running backs that I would probably – that I would take over him were I looking at him depending on my roster setup. Well, but I just do feel so strongly about him, and I do not feel very well, strongly about Melvin Gordon. Well, maybe you might choose this last one over Ooh. David Johnson. Now, this one is interesting. I'm an Atlanta boy, and I'm and I'm pretty excited about this move just to see the because it's kind of the same situation as David Johnson. Yep, Todd Gurley or David Johnson. Give me Todd Gurley in this situation, but that is close. there. You go, baby. There you it's go. It's close. It's close. It's uh, <laughs> literally if you're you're splitting a hair with a butcher knife on those two. I, I love them both, but I think I would rather take on Todd Gurley um, in that situation. I would be surprised if he's available to me to take, though, because those that kind of caliber, that kind of situation, I would really like to see go in the later rounds. And last time I looked at half PPR, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, David Johnson was going around the 608. So if that goes higher, it's a little bit more higher risk. If it drops lower, that's even better. But, yeah, I think but I see, might see, lean Todd Gurley. See, I, I don't mind six rounds. Not David at all. Johnson, expect, Not at all. Especially if, if I already have two running backs. Yep. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. This is my third back Heck all day. Yeah. <laughs> all day long. I totally agree. I love that. Yeah, I would lean yes. Todd Gurley, but, again, by a hair. By a hair. By a hair. Hey, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. I appreciate that. <laughs> well. Well, I appreciated your article. I I appreciate your uh, football mind. 
let my followers and my listeners know where they can find you at on social media real quick. Well, I appreciate you. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be on, even though it took us a few tries to actually get it to work, but it's working. (laughs) So you guys, please come and follow me. I would love to interact with you guys, talk with you. You can find me on social media at stepmom Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N. I'm a writer for the fantasy footballers and I have a website. It's stepmomlauren.com. I'm very consistent. So I put all my new articles up there, uh, guest podcasts that I that I do, videos. I also have a YouTube channel, Stepmom Lauren. So come and come and find me. Come talk to me. If you don't like my article, nice, let me know. nice. By the way, Lauren is a, a a great name mainly because my name is Lawrence. All right, and I I have two daughters, both middle name Lauren. Yes. Okay. When I heard your the goat, that is awesome because when I heard your podcast and you had Smitty on, I was like, wait a minute. His name's Lawrence. We we're like kindred yeah. spirits. It's Lauren and Lawrence. This is this is meant to be. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's great. Yes. That's right. Although I so, can't I can't take credit for that. Quick backstory. Uh, my maiden name is actually Stoner. So my first name was supposed to be Mary because my middle name is Jane. Until my dad found out what Mary Jane meant and changed my name to Lauren. So there's you that. Def- you, de- <laughs> you definitely, you definitely should have checked. You should have kept that one. <laughs> All right, folks. My next guest on today's show is a, a young fellow who definitely knows football. He's been around the game his whole life, all the way from his days coming up in Florida. Former Florida State Seminole cornerback, former Pittsburgh Steeler, where he earned two Super Bowl rings, and now a football analyst for CBS, Brian McFadden. What's happening, man? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? I'm good, man. You know, just uh, we we out we all out here trying to maintain, trying to trying to follow the rules, do right, this and that, and the third. How are you with that situation? Is everybody good? Uh, no question for the for the most part. Uh, you know, family uh, is, is pretty good. Um, I got a few friends that have. Uh, actually had the virus. I have one homeboy that's currently dealing with the virus, but uh, he's he's positive and he's doing pretty pretty good. So uh, you know, you know, we're just optimistic and hopeful, and staying prayed up that we can get through this thing sooner than later. For sure, man. Uh, it, it's all it's everything with everything. It's just it's just a wait and see, man. So if, if we all just come together, do our parts, we'll come out successful. You feel me? Uh, no, no question. Yeah. So we we are. One week away from the NFL draft, and in its midst of what's going on right now in our world, the NFL draft is going to be something that brings joy to most of us that are in the sports. It's something that we all really need, so we all excited about that. There's a lot of talk about the players uh, that's coming up in the draft, and you being a former defensive back and actually have been one that was drafted early in the draft yourself. Uh, who are some of the DBs, say, it could be safeties or corners that you like early, maybe some sleepers that you like, and, and what do you want to see in a defensive back coming into the league? Uh, some of the that will be high-round-like guys, uh, you know, specifically talking first-round guys, uh, of course, you know, the usual names, names that you've probably heard, listeners probably heard over and over again, Jeff Okuda. A talented corner from uh, Ohio State. Then you got C.J. Henderson, a corner from University of Florida. Yes, sir. Uh, Xavier McKinney, uh, safety from Alabama. His uh, teammate, uh, 
Trayvon Diggs, the cornerback from Alabama. You got A.J. Terrell from Clemson. Uh, Jeff yep. Gladney from TCU. Um, you got uh, Jalen Johnson, a guy who I will uh, talk to tomorrow on Instagram I, I, Live. I like him a lot. I think yeah. he could sneak into the first round, actually. Yeah, I'm hearing some positive things about Jalen. I think he could go in the back end in the first round, which which is a huge uh, uh, achievement for him. Many people felt like, at best case scenario, he could be a second-round guy. But clearly a guy that will be hearing his name called anywhere from late first to early second. I like I like Jalen Johnson's game a lot as well. Uh, Ashton Davis, uh, another safety from uh, Cal. I really yes. like Ashton. Very, very versatile. Uh, he can cover well, especially in the slot rangy guy he really benefited uh you know from coming back you know he was he's not a a three-year guy uh right. spent all his time there uh you know when he comes to his um, eligibility you he took all of that and then he got better year in and year out uh, of course grant delpit can't forget about grant yeah uh i i feel like he he started off the year as a top 15 pick kind of fell off but i feel like he could sneak up on you yeah. Yeah. The thing about Grant, you know, his tape wasn't as hot as his 2018 tape. But if you're telling me a guy didn't have hot tape and still won the Thorpe, that tells you what type of player he is. You know what I mean? Yes. Sir. Uh, based on what we saw from Grant Delpin in 2019, 2018, his 2018 uh, tape was really, really hot. I thought he played well in 2019. But, you know, a lot of experts and, and, and execs and scouts are saying that his 2019 wasn't as good. But he was a productive player, productive enough to win the Thorpe. So that tells yeah. you what type of ceiling he has. Now, what are some uh, traits that you're looking for DBs to bring to the table? For example, if, if you're a corner, uh, if you play cornerback long enough, you're going to get burnt. You're going to get toasted for the TD. And you and, and you got to have that short-term memory. What are some other traits of, of, of that you want to see guys coming into the league with? Well, in totality, the traits that I'm looking for in a corner and a safety are the same traits I'm looking for in a football player. Um, yes, short-term memory is very, very important, especially for guys that play on the island, guys that play in the second day. But short-term memory is very, very important for any position on the football field, in my opinion. But outside of short, having a short-term memory, you got to love the game of football. Yes, um, sir. And I, and I talk about this all the time. I don't care what it is you're doing. Let's throw out sports. Whatever your nine to five is, whatever it is you're trying to get involved in, if you love it, you're going to be successful at it because yes, you sir. want to do everything in your power to be good at it. You know, right. if, if your job is uh, if, if, if you are uh, if you, you work with a post office, and you deliver in mail, if you love delivering mail every day is a day to enjoy the opportunity. And when it you comes to football, it. yeah, when, and when it comes to football, if you love the game of football, if you love what your position is. I know you're going to do everything in your power to be good at it. And then that transitions into my next thing that I'm looking for in a corner is effort. If you love the game of football and you play with maximum effort, everything else is coachable. That's right. When you agree, when you love the game and you play with effort, I probably will never see any laziness in you. I will never see you get relaxed, complacent. I will always see you running around, flying around, having fun. And then when it comes to the fundamentals, you know, the, the, the normal, your feet, your hips, you know, uh, playing. De- de- definitely them hips. Yeah, playing low, you know, look at your eye game. You know, do you, do you play with sound eyes, your vision? Do you know when to look at the quarterback, when to keep your, man on the, uh, keep your eyes on the wide receiver? 
you know, and then and then staying square. That's something that I don't like a lot when you look at college football. They don't coach and emphasize backpedaling and staying square. Time and time again, right. when you watch college football, you look at the corners, they're instantly pre-snap alignment. They're cocked with their butt to the sideline. They're shuffling. Mm-hmm. I mean, now, yep. my thing is this. You know, I know they see a lot of spread offenses, but when you watch the combine year in and year out, name me one defensive back drill where they're telling you to shuffle. Not, not one. Exactly. Not, not, uh, not unless you <laughs> – that, that's for the five techniques. Exactly. But when you talk about <laughs> these safeties, when you look at the safety drills, when you look at the cornerback drills, everything is staying square, pedaling, coming out of your break. Now when you watch college football, go back and look at some tape. You see these, ki- these kids are shuffling. And, and with their butt to the side, they're not staying square. When you're playing corner, when you're playing defensive back, the square man always win. Anytime you open your, your hips, that's what a wide receiver wants you to do. So now when I look at some of the collegiate guys, it's kind of hard to really get a quality assessment on who they are when it comes to being fundamentally sound and technique-wise because they're not really being taught things that you would like to see your corners and your secondary guys do on Sunday. But right. you can kind of tell who can coach who you, who you can coach up and who you can't coach up. But just the God-given ability, having nice hips, feet, and feeling seeming like you're a natural when you're pedaling, when you're coming out of your break. Those are things yeah. I look for. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, definitely can't. You can't be stiff in the hips. Got to be loose. Got to have a discipline. Uh, any young defensive backs that's listening, listen to what this man just said. Now, uh, there's another defensive back who's in the second, third round range that, that could get drafted in that area. It could be a sleeper. I like him in – I'm gonna just say for right now, I'm biased because I played in this. I played in the same conference as him, and that's uh, Kyle Duggar out of Lenore Ryan, mm-hmm. the safety. The safety. Uh, what, what have you seen any tape on him? Tell me what you think about him. Kyle, he was the guy at the Senior Bowl, right? He was at the yeah, Senior Bowl. Yeah, yes. yeah, he was the guy at the Senior Bowl. I heard a lot of buzz about him. Not quite for me. I'm gonna keep it real. I didn't know too much about him prior to the Senior Bowl. But uh, one of my colleagues who was there at the Senior Bowl was asking me about him, and he actually sent me some tape of his Senior Bowl practices uh, the week of the draft. And I had an opportunity to really study in some of the things that I was seeing from Kyle. He is a guy that's always around the football, um, mm-hmm. which, yes, is, yes. which is very, very important when you're playing the safety position. He just has a knack for the football. He has good size. Uh, you can tell he can potentially come, become bigger, I think, you know, filling out his body. And he's right. very, very athletic. The thing I would like to see from Kyle is playing lower, you know, playing mm-hmm. lower. Uh, he, he tends to get a bit high in his pedal sometimes. And you can make that uh, – uh, you can uh, say the same for almost every young corner defensive back coming out in the draft. It's just a tendency we have sometimes. Yeah, because when you get used to something for so many years and that works for you, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your athleticism gets you by for so long, not in the league, though, correct? No question. No question. But, yeah, I like him. I think he has a bright future. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, to see his name called early to surprise a lot of folks. I think if he had an opportunity of really having a normal pre-draft process, you know, combine, yes. yeah. pro day, he really would have shot up draft uh, charts in my opinion but I still think he's gonna have a bright future 
I agree. And, and my last question for today, because this is the biggest talk of the NFL draft, off of the defensive backs, just very simple. Who you taking, Joe Burrow or Tua Tagovailoa? Tagovailoa? Um, I, I've had this debate, uh, you know, throughout college football, the season in 19, and then, of course, currently now. Uh, Joe Burrow is the healthier guy. Um, Joe Burrow had a better season had a historical-like season. Tua is a better quarterback. Tua, Tua is the more talented guy. Um, yes. And no knock on Joe. Joe is smooth, he's cool, uh, he's calm, and he makes plays. But Tua has that it factor. Uh, yes, we saw that Tua freshman year, championship ball game. It, exactly. To, to come off the bench in that game and do what he did. In, that Like, that shows you enough yeah he he has that it factor unfortunately for Tua he's been dealing with a lot of injuries and 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 think what people forget yeah. to, to uh what people are forgetting is that a year ago this time if Tua came up many people have said Tua would be the first quarterback to come off the board 100 percent. I feel like he if without a hip injury it would be no question yeah but but Joe uh had the better season Joe had a season that yes. we might not ever see again I, I feel like it's the best quarterbacking season we've seen, even over Cam's in 2000. Man, listen, what Joe Burrow did this past year, we might not ever see again. Especially in that conference. Agreed. Yeah, so so for me, <laughs> Joe Joe was unbelievable. But Tua is more talented. And I feel like people should understand it's okay to feel like one is better and still appreciate the other guy. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and that's how it is sometimes. We're not saying that, you know, Joe won't be successful. We're not saying – I'm not saying that Tua will be more successful than Joe because a lot goes into determining the success when you get drafted to organizations. It's all about what organization you go to, how they use you, and what you have surrounding them. But if you're telling me, I don't know exactly – what I will have surrounding me. I don't know what the play caller will. I don't know who the play caller will be. I don't know what type of plays we're going to run. Yep. And both players are healthy. Two is healthy. Joe is healthy. I'm taking two of tongue of our Lord. I, I, uh, I, I'm going to agree with you on that one, my friend. Um, I appreciate you, man, coming on with me, man, chatting it up about some football. I, I'm going to make sure that these young DBs here, that game you was putting on here, um, We'll do it again. Stay safe, my friend, and enjoy the draft. Okay, thank you for having me. You too. Folks, there's a lot of folks talking bad about Jameis and Cam Newton right now. But let me let y'all know something, man. At this point, and even last, right, like right now, we a week ahead of the draft. Last week was two weeks ahead of the draft and three weeks and so forth. At this point, I think Jamie Winston and Cam, Jameis Winston and Cam Newton, you're kind of waiting to see how things shake out after the NFL draft. Um, if an injury pops up, there's no need to rush now. I mean, hell, the Panthers released Cam Newton like kind of late as hell. People was already agreeing to deals, and the Panthers still had uh, Cam Newton on the roster. So when you see Winston and you see Cam still being free agents, don't think it's like, oh man, nobody could use them because they just not starting quarterbacks in the NFL no more. Because you be wrong. And and I tell you when you is. Because both of them are still start, starting quarterbacks. Now, Jameis, 
<laughs> we all done had a little fun with the 30 for 30, the 30 interceptions. I'd be the first to say he won't ever do that again. A big reason why he had that amount of interceptions, well, for one, he was sacked uh, amongst the most in the league at 47. Uh, he also threw for over 6,400 intended air yards, more than anybody in the league. Compared to over 4,600 for the guy who replaced him, Tom Brady. That's a big gap. And speaking of Tom Brady, the guy who replaced Jameis. Let's just do a little. <clears throat> let's, let's just see who the Tampa, Buc- the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are getting from the 2019 season. On bad throws last season, Jameis Winston and Tom Brady tied at 20.6. For number three in the NFL. Jameis was hurried 60 times. Tom Brady was hurried 55. Here's the difference. Jameis Winston was hit 54 times behind that offensive line. Tom Brady was only hit 37 uh, behind his line in New England. Now, Tom Brady does get rid of the ball a lot quicker. And he's a lot more intelligent in the pocket. I got that part. Right? QBRs. Between Tom Brady and Jameis Winston in 2019, the same, 53.7. Not that good. So if Tom Brady's a starter, then Jameis Winston should be a starter. Jameis Winston had more on-target throws than Tom Brady. Only by a slight margin, only by two. But still, he had more on-target throws. The football outsiders ranked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers line 23 overall compared to the New England Patriots line number 9 overall. Tampa Bay's line last season was 22 in pass protection according to uh, the football outsiders compared to New England's in pass protection was ranked number 5. So that's what Tom Brady's going to Congratulations, James Winston. You'll get better pass protection damn near wherever you go. Uh, Pro Football Focus had a little bit different rankings. Uh, They they had the Tampa Bay line ranked number 7 and New England line uh, ranked at number 10. But again, those are close. That means they didn't feel like either one was bad in this case. So that's that. It's it's the thirty interceptions, man. You get that number, you get that out there. It just it looked bad. It sound bad. Hell, it is bad when you add the fumbles in. So I mean, he will bounce back just fine. I think him and Cam just wait until after the draft to see what's what. People say Cam since his MVP season, he ain't done nothing. Now he ain't been great, but he's put up starter quarterback numbers. He's since his MVP season, he's been 23-21 as a starter. 65 TDs against 43 picks. <clears throat> and uh, in 2018, the last full season he played, he had his highest completion percentage at 68%. 2018 now, and he's known for not completing a high percentage of passes. But his most recent full body of work, he completed 68% of his passes, not to mention he gave you 530 yards on the ground and five TDs on average. So, 
Nah, the number, he hasn't. See, we get, you see an MVP season, and then you expect that every year. You see Ty Gurley get 21 touchdowns. You expect that every year. Regression is okay. Doesn't mean you're horrible. Doesn't mean you ain't a starter no more. Jameis Winston and Cam Newton will bounce back in a good way. And uh, I can't wait to see it. (sighs) All right, that'll conclude today's podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Again, I want to thank Lauren Carpenter from the Fantasy Footballers and Brian McFadden from CBS Sports from coming on. And I forgot to ask him to let you guys know, the listeners, where you can find him at on social media. You can get him on Instagram at bmac underscore sports talk. He's on there all the time. He's uh he's going on live with a lot of the players, a lot of the upcoming rookies. He just went live with uh Patrick Peterson uh last week. That's his cousin. They grew up together, so check him out there on Instagram. Other than that, man, y'all folks stay safe. I'll I'll uh do another podcast after the draft. We'll chop it up then, man. Y'all take it easy. Lord don't lose. Work.